We want to welcome you to the Bible teaching ministry of Fellowship Bible Church, where our desire is to honor God by faithful obedience to His Word. If you want to understand the Bible better, please continue to listen as Pastor Matt Postiff explains and applies the biblical text one verse at a time. You can reach us with questions or for more teaching audio and print material at our website, fbcaa.org. You can also watch our services live at fbcaa.org live. We want to thank you for listening and pray that you will be edified. Join us now as Pastor Postiff opens God's Word. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the privilege that we have to be together, to minister, to hear the Word of God, to be ministered unto, to serve, and to be served. This is a wonderful organism that you've created in the local church, and you have multiplied it across the face of the globe, and it's our desire to bring this kind of blessing to more places, some of those places that our brother Jack brought to our attention this morning. To think there's places without a copy of the Word of God or without a church for people to go to, to be comforted, to be challenged, to be taught, it's an insufferable thought. And we must make every effort to correct that as much as we possibly can. And we ask your help to do that. In the name of Jesus, our Savior, we pray. Help our worship today to be edifying and also pleasing in your sight. Amen. Would you please turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 5 this morning? We'll continue reading through the book of Acts, Acts chapter 5. But a certain man named Ananias with Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. And he kept back part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it, and brought a certain part and laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price of the land for yourself. While it remained, was it not your own? And after it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down and breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. And the young men arose and wrapped him up, carried him out, and he and buried him. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. And Peter answered her, Tell me whether you sold the land for so much. She said, Yes, for so much. Then Peter said to her, How is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down at his feet and breathed her last. The young men came in and found her dead, and carrying her out, buried her by her husband. So great fear came upon all the church and upon all, those, upon all who heard these things. And through the hands of the apostles, many signs and wonders were done among the people. And they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Yet none of the rest dared join them, but the people esteemed them highly. And believers were increasingly added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they brought the sick out into the streets and laid them on beds and couches, that at, that at, that at least the shadow of Peter passing by, the, by might fall on some of them. Also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities of Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits, and they were all healed. Then the high priest rose up, and all who, those who were with him, 
which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priest heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put into the prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not... Did we not strictly command you not to teach in, his, in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than man. The God of our father raised up Jesus, whom you murdered, by hanging on a tree. Him God has, him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things, and so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were furious and plotted to kill them. Then one of the council stood up, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in respect by all the people, and commanded them to put the apostles outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do regarding these men. For some time ago, Thaddeus rose up, claiming to be somebody. A number of men, about 400, joined him. He was slain, and all who obeyed him were scattered and came to nothing. After this man, Judas of Galilee, rose up in the days of the census and drew away many people after him. He also perished and all who obeyed him were dispersed. And now I say to you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this work is of men, it will come to nothing. But if it is of God, you cannot overthrow it, lest, even, lest you even be found to fight against God. And they, gathered, and they agreed with him, and when they had called for the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. So they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy of suffer, to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. Well, good morning again. Uh, Dan said pastor's going to come, but I'm going to come and then I'm going to go because I'm going to let Brother Mitchell come in just a moment and share the word with us as we planned. Um, I just... I don't know how to introduce our brother to you in different ways every time, but I will say this, that I was thinking this morning that uh, here's a, a brother and sister who are serving the Lord together and have been doing so for a number of years, many years now, but um, you know, there are a lot of people that talk about serving the Lord, and then there are people who do 
the serving of the Lord. And uh, I just commend them for that. God will reward them accordingly in heaven for the service that they have rendered to his name and for his name's sake. And we're able to partner with them and help them in prayer and finances and to encourage them. And uh, I hope that we have done uh, our part and will do even better. You let us know how we can do better in that regard. And uh, I know one of our ladies in the church wants to uh, help us to connect even better with our missionaries. So we'll have a little project for you all to participate in here this year for that uh, purpose. And um, we're looking forward to that. So don't, uh, don't be surprised if we asked everybody to gather together and get your picture sometime soon. No grumbling allowed uh, on that. <laughs> we love to have our current picture and be able to send that to our missionaries. So that's uh, something that we may indeed do. But uh, I'm just looking around and thinking, man, I forgot to pray for that person's request. And I've got other things I can pray for with you. But uh, God, is, uh, God has got all those things in hand, doesn't he? And uh, he has you in his hands. And this morning... We're asking God to uh, work by his spirit to mold you and make you according, more according to the image of Christ through the message of the word. And so I ask Brother Jack to come and deliver that to us. The Lord has made a dentist into a preacher, and uh, we're so glad for that. I know you don't like that, brother, but that's okay. You got it anyway. You listen to his exhortations. Praise, <laughs> praise the Lord. I, I'm just, uh, I don't know why God desires to continue to use us, but we're thankful. Um, we're not getting any younger. I know I look pretty young, but um, we are not getting any younger. And uh, it's getting more demanding physically for us, but we're, we know God's grace is always sufficient. And uh, so we're, we're very thankful for that. Um, we're thankful for you all as well. Um, I know you do communicate with us. You sent us cards Christmas time, and just uh, it's, it's <laughs> you can't really appreciate how much of an encouragement that is to us. And we we received a card from a, another church that supports our ministry uh, a couple of weeks ago, and uh, all these different people, you know, signed the card, uh, had a little note in there. And it's like, wow, you know, this. Well, we remember this person. We know this person. And just really uh, to know that you're thinking about us at other times and times of ministry and whatever is such a blessing to us. And uh, it's truly a partnership. We can't uh, do what we do without people uh, praying for us. Uh, a number of years ago, we, we were in a church, um, and we... Uh, I spoke there and shared our ministry there, and a year later we went back to that same church, and uh, this man came up to me and he said, I have prayed for you every day since you've been here last year. I said to that man, I don't even know your name, and you've been praying for me. That was such an encouragement uh, to us. We're thankful for people praying for us. I want you to turn to Psalm 34. I want to look at David's encouragement uh, to us to praise the Lord here and other things. As you turn there, I am going to read from 1 Samuel 
chapter, whatever, 20, 1 Samuel, chapter 21, and starting in verse 10, but I'll quickly go back to Psalm 34, so you can just listen here. Psalm, uh, 1 Samuel 21, starting in verse 10, this was at a time when David was uh, running for his life from King Saul. Verse 10, David arose and fled that day for fear of Saul and went to Achish, the king of Gath. And the servants of Achish said unto him, Is not this David, the king of the land? Did they not sing one, one to another of him in dances, saying, Saul hath slain his thousands and David his ten thousands? And David laid up these words in his heart and was sore afraid of Achish, the king of Gath. And he changed his behavior before them and feigned himself mad in their hands and scrabbled on the doors of the gate and let his spittle fall down upon his beard. Then said Achish unto his servants, Lo, you see, this the, the man is mad. Wherefore then have ye brought him to me? Have I need of mad men that ye have brought this fellow to play the madman in my presence? Shall this fellow come into my house? David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when his brethren and all his father's house heard of it, they went down thither to him. So this, again, at the time when David was running uh, from Saul, and um, he did something that probably shouldn't have done. <laughs> he he uh, made himself look like a madman, which is really deception there. And um, many think Psalm 34 is a, a result of that time in in David's life. I don't know, you know, if that's 100% true or not, but that's what people believe. And so um, I, I'm thankful for Psalm 34. It's been an encouragement to me, and I hope it is to you all. Um, I, I think we see from this psalm the faithfulness of God in, in our lives, and so we want to look at that. But first I'll pray. Father, I ask this morning that you would use your Holy Spirit to teach us, to, to guide us, and to uh, help us, Lord, with the things that are going on in our lives. You know all those things, Lord. I pray that you would help us to be trusting you, you know, with whatever is going on in our life today, um, as you know what it is. And so we pray that your word would lift us up today meet our needs, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I don't know what Pastor Matt said uh, that reminded me of this. Um, earlier this morning, um, he was talking about the, the, the gospel presentation and how we, we sometimes don't hear. And um, I remember back years ago uh, when I was not a believer in Jesus Christ, unsaved man, not wanting to hear the gospel. And I remember my wife sharing um, a number of times the gospel to me. And I can honestly say, I never heard it. I never heard it. She shared, but it just didn't penetrate. Why? I didn't want to hear it. I wasn't looking for God. I didn't want to have anything to do with it. Because of that, God brought hardship into my life to prepare me for that day 
to hear it, not only in my ears, but in my heart. If you're sitting here today and you've never trusted Jesus Christ, you've never responded to the gospel that people have presented to you, don't put yourself in the place where God will bring hardship into your life. Cry out to God, and God will bring understanding to your heart and salvation to your soul. He's a faithful God. Psalm 34, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. I think you'll see in this psalm the word all used several times. And I think we probably can understand that the word all means all. And it says here, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. David is saying that, that we need to be blessing the Lord at all times. God is always good. God is always good. <laughs> Doesn't mean everything is always good with us. <laughs> but God is always good through the good times and the bad times. So David was determined to bless the Lord at all times. I'm somewhat encouraged that David was not a perfect man because I am not a perfect man. (laughs) But God is always faithful, and we need to be blessing the Lord at all times, praising God at all times continually. Be vocal. Be vocal about praising God at all times, even when times are difficult, circumstances are difficult. I work with a man in our mission, uh, Gospel Fellowship Association mission. His name is Marshall Fant, and uh, he uh, has been a pastor. Uh, currently, he, as part of uh, his ministry through our mission, he helps uh, uh, direct the interim pastor ministry and uh, consultations with churches that have difficulties. And uh, so he's a very godly man and appreciate him very much. He's been a great help to us personally. And uh, this man was doing something that I uh, don't like to do one day. He was exercising. Uh, Exercise is not good for your health. Remember, you heard that from me. It is not good for, for your health. So this man was exercising one day, and I, I don't know particularly the, all the details of what he was doing, but he was using these leather straps, and uh, they attached to your feet, I guess, and he w- w- would be pulling on them. Some of you may do something crazy like that to exercise. And so he had this wrapped around his foot in some way, and it came off of his foot and hit him right in the eye. Right in the eye. I think it's his eye. As a result of that, after a series of operations and procedures and such and such, he lost his eye. They had to take it out, the eyeball out. He has no eye there. He wears a patch there. I've never seen a man use 
trial such as that or affliction such as that to glorify the Lord. This man has, through his testimony since that time, has has ministered to so many people. Um, He wanted to use that incident for the Lord. Job went through a lot of trials, and he says in Job 121, the Lord gives and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God allows things in our lives we don't understand. Things that are wonderful, he allows. And I often say, I can't believe God has blessed us in this way. But at other times I say, I don't know what God is doing here. This is so difficult. But David said, I will bless the Lord at all times. God meant it for good. We need to say that. He says in verse 2, My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. When we praise the Lord's name, people, uh, it's a testimony to people. They can't, they can't deny our relationship with the Lord, even when we, we have difficulties in, in our lives. He says in verse 3, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Magnify the name of the Lord. I shared during the Sunday school hour pictures of ministry. I do not like to do that. It's necessary. So you understand that, you know, we don't go to these places for a vacation several times a year. Um, it's necessary. And it's, and it's important for uh, us all to see not what the Mitchells have done, but what? What God has done. What God has done. That's why I don't like to see pictures of myself. Well, you know, they're not good looking anyway. But I don't want to magnify the Mitchells. I want to magnify the Lord. And sometimes I don't even want to go. Why magnify me? (laughs) You know, I am like you. Well, I'm probably worse than you. But, you know, we all have struggles in our lives. We all do. None of us are perfect. None of us. It's the Lord that's perfect. And if God can do anything through my life, it's not because of me. It's because of him. And so magnify the Lord. Boast of the Lord to people. David was at a difficult point in his life. He was running for his life. He was afraid that Saul was going to kill him. He was doing everything he could to escape Saul, even things that he probably shouldn't have done. Have you ever done anything in your life that you know you shouldn't have done? (laughs) Not me. I've never done anything like that. But maybe you have. Of course I have. We do things and we say, oh. Or we've said things. And we say, oh, why did I say that? We're not perfect. God is perfect. And David says in verse 4, I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. I sought the Lord. I consulted with him. I spoke to him. 
I sought the Lord. I shared with the men yesterday morning, when we have difficulties in our life, the first place we need to go is where? To God. I sought the Lord. And what happened? He heard me. We can never say that God doesn't hear us when we seek him, when we come to him in prayer. I don't, it just is impossible for me to understand that because every one of us, I mean, if I say to you, uh, you know, when I count to 10, everybody cry out to God. Everybody pray to God. How does God hear us individually? I have no idea. He's God. (laughs) And we can always say, when we seek the Lord, he hears us. There's no time that he's not going to be able to hear what we're saying. I sought the Lord. I consulted with God. I prayed to God. I, I sought him, and he heard me, and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears, from all my fears, not just a few of them, all my fears. We have a lot of fears, a lot of things in our life that are difficult. Verse 5 said, they looked unto him and were lightened. They were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. My son, I shared yesterday, my son is, is uh, seeking a new job. And uh, he had to tell his current employer that he was seeking a new job. He was leaving. And he was very nervous about that. He had to meet with several people. Um, I think it was just Friday uh, that he had to do that. And I shared with him, I sent him a text, Philippians chapter 4, 6 and 7. I'm going to read that because I think it's important. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Some of you might even have this memorized. Be careful or be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. Bring it to God. Don't be anxious. Don't let it tear you up inside. Bring it to God. And what's going to happen? What's going to happen when you do that? The peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Our son was very nervous about meeting with this one particular man. And he texted back after that meeting and he said, it was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. He sought the Lord. The peace of God was with him. Verse 6, this poor man cried and the Lord heard him. And what? Saved him out of all his troubles. I think we just heard something like that. Verse 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Maybe that's important that we understand that. That when we seek the Lord, the Lord's going to help us. He's not going to say, excuse me, what did you say? Can you say that again? No, he's going to help us. He's going to save us out of all our troubles. He's going to make it possible for us to deal with whatever it is that we're dealing with. All our troubles. 
peace of God. That's what we need in our lives. The angel of the Lord encamps round about them that fear him and delivers them. What do you think of when you hear that verse? What do you think of? The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear the Lord. Turn to Daniel, the book of Daniel. Not this Daniel, but the book of Daniel. You wouldn't believe Daniel. We're staying at the parsonage. And Daniel has been so diligent at the computer doing his homework since we've been there. Daniel is so diligent. Thank you for that example. Anyway, Daniel, I'm just kidding, Daniel. Chapter 3. You know the story. Daniel chapter 3, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Daniel chapter 3, they were going to be thrown into the furnace. Chapter, 20, chapter 3, verse 24, then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished. They threw these men into the furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto the counselors, Did not we cast three men bound into the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. He answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. The angel of the Lord encamps around them that fear him and delivereth them. I read that about these men. They were so confident that God was going to deliver them from this fire. I think, as I read it, I think, I don't know, I think that they thought God was not going to allow the king to throw them in the fire. I'm sure they were hoping that was going to be the case. They were confident that God was going to deliver them from this. And, and we can be just as confident that God is going to help us in the difficulty that we're in. But we often decide how he's going to do it. In our mind, we say he's going to do it this way or that way. And it's going to be easy. But what happened with these men? They were thrown into the fire. I'm thinking, what are they thinking as they're going down into this fire? Where's God? You know, where's God? I don't know what they were thinking, but they were so confident that God was going to deliver them from this fire. They made up their mind how God was going to do it, and they were thrown into the fire. Little did they know, God was already there. God was already there. God is already there in the problems that we have. He's already there. He knows what they are before we do. He's already there, and he's made a way for us to get out of that difficulty. It's not always or (laughs) probably ever the way we think it's going to be. We don't know the mind of God. We don't know the power of God. We don't know the the, the way God is going to help us. But we know he's going to help us. We have to have that confidence that he's going to help us so that we can deal with the difficulty that comes with that. Oftentimes, he's trying to teach us something. That, hey, life isn't easy. Life isn't easy. 
How many of you would agree with that? <laughs> life isn't easy. Do you have an easy, if you have an easy life, you come and see me after the service and tell me about it. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I want a life like that. No, we're never going to find an easy life. There's sin in the world. There's sin in our hearts. Life isn't easy. But God is always faithful. I tell my wife this all the time because I need to hear it. Life is hard, but God is faithful. I get that from Joshua. Life is hard. God is faithful. And what did God say to Joshua? Be strong and courageous. Don't give up. Be strong and courageous. I'm going to be with you. I'm going to help you. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivers them. Uh, a few years ago, we were out in the Midwest, whoo, the Midwest, in a state called Ohio, sorry, Ohio. We were in Ohio. And we were driving. We picked stuff up in Indiana. We were driving to Ohio. Uh, don't be, my wife is from Ohio. Don't, don't be mad at her. She's from, she had nothing to do with that. My wife is from Ohio. We were going to Ohio. Her sister lives there. We, we, we had picked up some, some medical supplies at, at a warehouse uh, in, in Indiana. We had a van. We had the van loaded with all these boxes. We had 40 boxes in our van, and we're driving down the highway. I have no idea what highway. We were driving down the highway, and I couldn't really see good out of the back of my van. And I said to my wife, we need to pull over. Uh, so I can adjust these boxes a little bit better so I can see. So we pulled over into one of those places, you know, Loves or something like that. And we pulled over, and uh, I pulled into the parking lot. My wife said, I'm going to go get something to drink. Uh, she went. She got out of the, her side of the car. I get out of my side of the car. We both closed the doors on the car. And one of us locked the doors. Which one? <laughs> we don't even know. <laughs> well, I know who it was, but I'm not going to say. <laughs> we locked the doors, the car. And I'm like, no, we couldn't have done that, you know? And I'm on the driver's side, I walk around the passenger side, that door's locked too, you know? They were all locked. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like this. And this guy on the driver's side of my car, this guy is there. Where did he come from? He's there. He said to me, I know what you just did. I'm like, why didn't you stop me? No. I mean, I know what you just did. You locked yourself out of your car, you stupid fool. No, he didn't say that part of it. But he said, I know. I'm like, where did you come from? He said, oh, I was there. I'm like, anyway, he said, I work at this gas station over here. I can get you back into your car. He said, I just have to go in the store here. Then I'll go get my stuff, and I'll get you back into your car. I'm like, you're an angel. I told him that. You're an angel. He looked at me like, hmm. You know, the angel of the Lord, God is watching us all the time. He's watching us all the time. And he knows when we need help. He knows it. I probably told this story here. We were in Micronesia. My wife wasn't there. She's, she has this sixth sense that when there's danger, she's, just gonna, she's not going to go on that trip. 
She has that sense, so she wasn't there. I'm in this boat in Micronesia. We're in the middle of a storm, in the middle of the ocean. You can't see any land anywhere. And the boat is like this, up and down, up and down, up and down. I thought I was going to die. I really did, seriously. I said, there's no way. There's no way we're going to survive this for five hours. Can you imagine? The angel of the Lord was in that boat. I thought of, you know, <laughs> the apostles, you know, the Lord, you know, sleep in the boat. And that, you won't believe this. This is Monday, Sunday before Monday. I spoke in the church there. What did I speak on? <laughs> the apostles in the boat in the storm. I spoke on that. I'm like, this is crazy. How did this work out? And so I'm in the boat. I'm thinking I'm going to die. And I'm saying, peace be still. <laughs> and nothing's happening. <laughs> nothing's happening. I said to the man that's driving the boat, I said, how do you know where you're going? He said, I'm just following him. No compass, nothing in this 40-foot boat in the middle of the ocean. Somehow we made it, praise the Lord. The angel of the Lord encampeth. Round about them that fear him. I want the angel of the Lord following me around. I need that. You need that. You just never know when things are going to come up in your life. We wake up in the morning. My wife says to me, what are you going to do today? I'm like, I have no idea. I mean, I have a plan, but that's, it's never going to happen that way. Never. Oh, taste and see, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. We can't go wrong trusting in God. Blessed is that man that trusted in him. And, and David is trying to encourage us to, to seek the Lord because the Lord is the one that delivers us, that saves us, that helps us. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want or no lack to them that fear him. Fear the Lord. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want or not lack any good thing. God has blessed my wife and I beyond what we could ever imagine in our lives. And, and, and I, I just say, when I read a verse like that, I, said, I say, Lord, <laughs> would people only trust you? They would see that this is true. Fear the Lord, ye his saints. There is no lack to them that fear him. God is going to take care of every single one of your needs. Every single one of them. He's going to take care of them. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, you children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. God wants us to come to him. It's like, it's like a, a Sunday school hour here. David is gathering people around. He said, come, listen, I'm going to teach you to fear the Lord. You need this. You need to fear the Lord, trusting in him. 
but he's the one that is in control of everything, everything. Verse 12, what man is he that desireth life and loveth many days that he may see good? I mean, we we all want to see good. He tells us here, verse 13, why does he tell me this? Keep thy tongue from evil and thy lips from speaking guile. Why does he tell me that? I need it. (laughs) I need it. I, I shouldn't speak evil. I should only speak good. I should speak the praises of the Lord. And he tells us, depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is the kind of life God wants us to have, that we put evil behind us. I don't want this, Lord. But you know what? My flesh wants it doesn't it? Somebody says something to me that, that, that hurts my feelings. I don't want to turn the other cheek. I want to hurt their feelings. That's my flesh. It says here, depart from evil. Do good. Seek peace and pursue it. These next two verses are hard. Hard verses. Verse 15, the eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. Well, that's not hard. (laughs) I'm glad about that, right? The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. God is watching me. He's watching you. He's caring about you. He's helping you. He's there for you. The eyes of the Lord. Now, we know God doesn't have eyes like we have eyes. He's not like, you know, up there like this. He's watching us, though. He knows what's going on in our life. We don't have to tell him. Don't you know this or that? No, he already knows it. He sees it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. And his ears are open unto their cry. He hears us when we cry out to him. David is telling us, do this. Cry out to him when you have these problems in your life because he he knows what's going on. He wants to help you. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous And his ears are open unto their cry. But this psalm, this psalm tells us that there are two kinds of people. Two kinds of people. What are they? The righteous. Those that are right with God. Two kinds of people. The righteous. And verse 16. The face of the Lord. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. That's a scary thought. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil to cut off the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous, the wicked. Everybody in this room watching is in one of those classifications that's all there is in God's eyes to righteous wicked you say well I'm not so bad 
I'm not so bad. If you're not right with God, in God's eyes, you're wicked. You're evil. That's a hard thing, isn't it? It's a hard thing to even say. Righteous, evil. You say, well, that's not fair. (laughs) It's fair when you understand that God says, I'm going to help the wicked. (laughs) I'm going to help the wicked become righteous. I sent Jesus Christ to help the wicked. And I said to them, here, here he is. And so the wicked, they have a choice, right? Yes or no, God. Yes or no, God. They have a choice. This is what he's saying. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous. He's watching the righteous. His ears are open to their cry. He wants to help them. But the face of the Lord, the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. The righteous cry, verse 17. The righteous cry. And what happens? The Lord hears and delivers them out of all their trouble. I mean, how many times does he say this in the psalm? The Lord delivers us out of all of our troubles. The righteous. He delivers the righteous out of all their troubles. Do you have trouble today? God knows you do. He knows what it is. He knows how to help you. What does he want you to do? Ask him. Ask him for help. I say, no, Lord, I got this. I know how to help myself here. And you know what happens when we do that? We just make it worse. We just make it worse. The righteous cry, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh or close unto them that are a broken heart and saves such as it be of a contrite spirit. Some of you today have a broken heart for many different reasons. We can have a broken heart. Psalm 56. God knows what's going on in our lives. Verse 8 of Psalm 56. Thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears into thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? God is aware of what's going on in our lives. Verse 9, Psalm 56, when I cry unto thee, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. God is for me. Can you say that today? Can you say that today from your heart? God is for me. This is what David is saying. He's experienced so much trouble in his life. But he could say, God is for me. I don't like verse 19 either. Many, many are the afflictions of who? The wicked. No, the righteous. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. 
But the Lord, what? Delivers them from them all. <laughs> how many times? I, I, don't, I don't know how many times he said the same thing here. He wants us to understand that. That God is going to help us, no matter what it is. We cannot put restrictions on the difficulty that we're in and say, this problem is too hard for God to figure out. I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you the difficulty that God brought into our lives. I wish I could tell you. But it doesn't serve any purpose other than to say, God delivered us from them all. God delivered him from us, from whatever that means. God delivered him, us out of them all. He's faithful God. But, you know, we can't go through life thinking it's going to be okay all the time. We're going to have difficulty in our lives. And it's for our good. God is shaping us and molding us. He wants us to immediately come to him when we have difficulty and not try to do it ourselves. So he's, he keeps showing us this. He said, okay, I'm going to bring this, and I want to see. Okay, did they learn the lesson yet? No. Okay, I'll bring this. Did they learn the lesson yet? No. All right, I'll bring this. They're going to learn it? No. I mean, how many times do we have to see God answer our prayer before we say, I am confident that God is going to answer my prayer. I am confident that he's going to do this. And we go to God first. We go to God first. We skip all the difficulties along the way. He's going to deliver us from all our trouble. He keepeth all his bones. Not one of them is broken. He's going to, he's, he's going to shield us from, from, from the hurt of some of the difficulties that come into our lives. He's going to shield us from that. What's the contrast? What's the contrast? 21. Evil shall slay the wicked. And they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. I don't watch the news. It's so discouraging. It doesn't mean I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I read. I know what's going on in the world. I know how wicked it is. I know what people are saying about Christians. They are evil. Evil. And I want to, I want to make it right somehow. But God says, no. What does the Bible say? Vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Our job is to focus on God. Don't focus on the wicked. Other than to pray for them. That God would turn them around. That their eyes would be open. We don't want to see anyone live apart from God for eternity in hell. We don't want to do that. We don't want to see that happen. People say, oh, you're so righteous. <laughs> I'm like, yes, <laughs> I am. I'm righteous. I'm right with God. That's the thing. I'm right with God. I am not better than you. I'm right with God. Because God opened my heart 
my wife, she, she goes food shopping. <laughs> I hate that. My wife, I don't know, I think she even likes it. She goes food shopping a lot. She goes to Market Basket. You don't know what that is, but it's a grocery store in New England, in that area of the country, Market Basket. She has this track she takes with her, and she gives it to the cashier every time. Every time. Sometimes she gives it to the cashier, and she's, the cashier says, oh, I read this before. I'm like, where did she get it from? And <laughs> she got it from her. I read this before. This is really nice. She told me one day she went to Market Basket, and uh, she gave this lady that, that was doing her food, bringing up her food, she gave her a track. And um, she, she picked up her stuff. My wife picked up her, her bags and was, was leaving. And the lady was like, hey, hey, I don't want this. She was like running after her. I don't want this. It's her choice, right? Did she need it? She needed it. She didn't know she needed it. We don't want to see anyone die without the Lord. And sometimes people say they take it the wrong way. They take it the wrong way when you try to tell them about Jesus Christ, that they need to trust in Jesus Christ. They take it the wrong way, and they say, oh, you just want me to be like you. Well, it, well yes, we do, but, you know, you think you know, it, you know everything. No, I don't know anything other than Jesus died on the cross to pay for my sin. And if I believe that, I will be in heaven with him. Verse 22, the Lord redeems the soul of his servants. And none, none of them that trust in him shall be desolate. None. None. In contrast to they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. Not so much that they hate the righteous personally, but they don't want to have anything to do with God. It's God that they hate. They hate the message that the righteous are bringing. As a result, when they stand before the Lord, he's going to say, what? Depart from me. I never knew you. I never knew you. I have two sisters. I used to have a brother. I believe my brother is in the place of the desolate. Does that make me feel good? I have two sisters that are following him there. Do I want them there? No, I don't. I don't. 
Do they want to hear what I'm trying to tell them? No. They don't. But they are not rejecting me. That's the sad part. They're rejecting God. They're rejecting God. I just encourage you today. I I don't know anybody's heart here today. Some of you, I think, know the Lord. Maybe you do. Maybe you don't. I don't know. I just tell you, there's two places. There's two kinds of people, the righteous and the wicked. You want to be right with God. And today, I would just say to you, make sure. Make sure. You could be driving home today and be in an accident and die. I pray that doesn't happen to anyone here. But could it? Could it? Could. Be righteous. Be right with God. I beg you today. Father, thank you that you deliver your people from all difficulties. One way or another, you do it. You do it, and we thank you. We thank you. And Lord, your heart is that you would not desire to see anyone perish. We pray today that no one would walk out of this building today not sure that they are right with God. We pray that today, that no one would walk out of the building today without the insurance that they are right with God. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, our God, I come to you with full confidence that your word, by your spirit, through your servant today, will have a deep and lasting impact in the lives of these ones who have heard it. May we not be like those who hear but don't hear. As our brother said so well, we've all experienced it. When we hear sound, we hear words even, but the meaning, the impact, the significance doesn't reach down into our soul. I pray that won't be the case today for any individual here in this service or those listening online now or after. Change us, God. Help us to be those who fear your name, who desire above all else to be faithful, who cry out to you and find that you deliver us out of all our troubles. Not just downplay it or poo-poo it, as we say. God, we want to trust you. Work in us, we pray. We're fully confident, as we said, that you're able to do this and that you will. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, amen.